Hello and welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven women. Each week we'll talk about what's grabbed our attention, productivity hacks making our life easier, and chat about a purpose-led brand. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Thanks for listening. It's the second podcast for the year and our 11th all up. We Today we talk about how to approach an influencer to promote your product or brand. Jade has some great tips and she really spells it out no matter the size of your business. Alicia's also really worried that we're all going to lose our social skills in this new Zoom world. And we chat about fashion label Camilla and Mark and their purpose and we're not sure that they're doing enough just yet to get there. If you guys are loving the podcast, please subscribe and review. We'd love to hear what you think. This week, I wanted to talk about influencer marketing. One of our listeners, Alicia, has asked us to talk about marketing with influencers. And it is such a good question. I find a lot of small businesses try and work with influencers, but they don't really have a structure to what they're doing and they don't really get much out of it. So what I wanted to talk about today was how to pick an influencer that's relevant for your brand and what things to look for, then how to give them a good brief on what you should, what you expect from them, and then also how to follow up and make sure you're getting what you're paying for. Definitely. And I've found time and time again, people will reach out to the influencer. They can do that because they're like just direct message them, but then they don't know how to maximize the return for you know, the influencers almost controlling it. So we'll teach you to have the upper hand when you reach out. Yes. So how do you manage this? So picking an influencer, you've got to pick the right one. Have a think about who your customers follow on Instagram. Have a look at their accounts. You do not have to go to the person with the biggest number of followers. That's generally not the only thing you should be looking at. They can have a great and a good number of followers. That's important, but have a look at the engagement on their posts. They could have a hundred thousand followers. And if you look at the engagement of their posts and they've only got, you know, 50 to a hundred likes and not a lot of comments, and it means their fans aren't engaging with their posts and they might not be seeing them. Those followers that they have could be from years and years ago and people aren't seeing their posts anymore, or they could have bought those followers. So make sure that you have a good look through their content and see that the people who are following them are engaging with their content. So they're getting likes and they're getting comments. Do you have anything else you want to add on picking the right influencer? No, but probably just, um, in your own social media, make sure, see it, it, it helps to also do the same, be engaging with your people that are liking your posts and things because it all helps. Oh, with the algorithm. Yes. Yes, correct. Contact the, contacting them is pretty easy. Send them a DM, tell them you're interested in working for them. Now, depending on the size of the influencer, they might be expecting payment for a post or they just might be expecting you to send them a product or offer them your service, depending on what your business is. Most these days need the cash. I think a few years ago when influencers were just a new thing, there was lots of just exchange of products and services. But I've listened to a few podcasts that um, Tully podcast, Tully Smythe, I think her name is, and she talks about being an influencer and she just, she couldn't make money. She couldn't even pay rent because she had all these products and not any, no money. No money. Yeah. <laughs> so Couldn't sell all those products. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I think it's really important that you make sure you have an idea of if they're quoting you, you know, $500 for a post, make sure you understand what that post means 
Is it $500 for one post? Is it $500 for one post and three images within that post? Is it $500 for a story? And if it's a story, how many stories? So um, make sure you get... I'm sorry to interrupt, but can you give me... let's, Let's say I'm a small business. I have... 500 followers on my um, business and I want to give a product. I want to use a local uh, influencer to, so can you tell me, I know you're saying that I um, ask what to ask for, but can you tell me what's the expectation? What if they don't come to me with what they will offer, what should I say? Basically what you want. Are you wanting them to do a post in their feed? Mm -hmm. If these days, I think with the algorithm, not everyone is seeing it just because you follow someone, you don't see all of their posts. So I think as well as um, wanting someone to, we're talking, I'm talking specifically Instagram here. Mm-hmm. If you're wanting someone to post about you, I think these days it needs to include a story as well. Mm-hmm. So make sure your post that you're paying for includes a story around about the same time. And then also make sure that you're clear on the price and then what you're providing. So they might, they might be charging you $500 for a post but then you also have to provide your product or your service for no charge as well so be very clear on um what you're providing them and then how much you're paying them and then what that payment gets you so is it three stories in one post or something like that and a date range as well a date range i was just about to say that because you don't want it to be six months time and your business that will be out of season for your business exactly you've got to make sure that you give them a date range and when they but um that'll be included in the next section so you're also once you've agreed those terms Mm -hmm. you then need to send them a bit of a brief about what you're expecting So if you're expecting a certain type of image with your product or you're expecting a certain type of video or talking to camera about your service, you need to give them those parameters. You also need to give them, um, you know, your Instagram handle, hashtags that you use for your business. And what also helps sometimes is a bit of a rundown or a bit of a summary about your target customers so they have an idea of the type of person that they're speaking to. Definitely, especially if you've reached someone that's a mum but also a health fitness person, also a um, great at designing homewares, you need to look at what is it specifically that you are reaching out to them for and make sure you make that clear because they don't know. Yeah. And then also give them a bit of information about your product or service in terms of benefits it has for the customer, value it adds to the customer and things like that. So you're not relying on them to think about all those things and come up with all these things. They have that rundown from you. So they have a lot of background about the about your product already. The more information in the brief, brief the better. Yes, 100%. And the thing that people forget about is following up. So once they've posted within hopefully your time frame, make sure you follow them up. If they've got a business page, they'll be able to provide you with the insights of the post or the story, which will tell you how many people it reached, how many people have engaged with that post. And then you've got an understanding of the value of what you've spent that money on. And then also make sure you look at things like your Google Analytics and see if people have come from Instagram to get to your website. And that'll give you an idea whether it's driven traffic there and any sales can be attributed to that as well. And can I say, when you're doing this work on receiving the report back from the influencer and then looking at your own Google Analytics, make sure you record it somewhere. So put it in your in a spreadsheet, what the influ- influencer's app tag was, 
what they did for you, how much it costs and things, because then you can go back that time next year when you have the same Mother's Day launch, say, you can go back and see, was that worth it? What did I get in return? Is it worth doing it again? Yes, 100%. We forget these things, so you need to write it down. Yes. What's got my attention this week is an article in Marketing Mag by Tate Zanna. She writes, in an interesting virtual world, are the future marketers and business leaders of tomorrow at risk of losing interpersonal skills and emotional intelligence? This is definitely due to the the new culture around Zoom meetings. We do a lot of Zoom meetings now and it's become quite handy for Jade and myself to have meetings where we don't have to be driving all over Perth. We have a lot of meetings where we just... Um, yeah, can do it in our at our co-working space or in our lounge room, wherever we're working. So while this article got my attention was essentially, I have wondered how all these Zoom meetings were going to affect us, Jade, as to <laughs> are we going to start getting a bit weird when we have to meet up clients in person? Like, oh. Yeah, social, social, social interaction is going to become very awkward. Exactly. And look, we did have a board meet, uh, meeting this week with a in a boardroom with quite a few people. And I actually thought to myself, this is just, it's just different. It was actually very strange. Yes, because you're all sitting a bit further apart and there was no handshakes. And yeah, it's just because we've had meetings with all these people away from the office and we're not in the office anymore. It's almost bizarre when you get together. Yeah, it did feel a little bit um, impersonal almost actually. Yes. Yeah, so I think because we're so used to, I think this is just where this article is now talking about Um Without that core connection in place, are marketing's at, marketers at risk of creating a forgettable, entirely forgettable brands? Now, why I want to talk about this is obviously for marketers, it's very important to understand personal connections. So she is more discussing um, around the fact of what's our next generation? How are they going to understand society if they are having so many connections that are via technology rather than actually out there in the world meeting different types of people viewing different types of habits and I guess it's um it's obviously different in different places around the world depending on what the lockdowns and things Mm. have been like look my brother's in London London and they're 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 in lockdown for a large proportion of last year so yeah different states are different um have had different lockdown rules throughout the year so it would affect different places the job of, a, of both marketers and sales is to find out what people are struggling with and help them to solve that issue. Finding a way there is in part based on a gut feeling. Help, helped along by learning to read the small cues that people drop during a conversation or even through the digital body language. In order to reach that level of understanding, marketers need a high level of emotional intelligence. Jade, how is technology going to affect these marketers? Yeah, I never really thought about it, but I love that they've said that marketers need to understand emotional intelligence. And I've never really thought about it that way, but it's so true because we tell our students all all the time, you need to get into the head of your, your customer and understand your customer. And to do that, you have to have emotional intelligence. You have to understand people. You have to interact with people to have that knowledge and understanding. I like how they say a good marketer is one who understands the very essence of their customer's needs, wants, and desires. If a marketer can successfully understand their audience and empathize with them, they can successfully sell to that audience. So I think that's really important that it's a bit of a worry that we might lose that a little bit. I hope not. And I hope we can still 
build that emotional intelligence in other ways or things can return a little bit more to normal so people can still have those interactions because it is definitely harder to interact with people and get that same connection and understanding over a zoom call definitely and we are trying (laughs) to do it by zoom but uh, yeah it's just it's just interesting whether or not the new marketers will build empathy on whether or not the the current marketers will lose it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I hope not because like they're saying, it could be a risk for brands. It, it could be a risk that they're losing that emotional intelligence, losing that empathy, and they're not understanding their customers as much as they, they used to or should be. Yes, exactly. And the article ends with, as the old saying goes, if you don't use it, you lose it. That is so true. And did you know what telephobia meant before this article? No, but um, definitely do now. I'll read this. Unfortunately, the fear of talking on the phone is an ever-growing problem in our age of online bookings, chatbots, and online food delivery. Even seemingly simple tasks such as calling up to book a doctor's appointment or, or calling a restaurant have become fraught with anxiety and worry. The condition even has a name, telephobia. It's so funny because my GP, he's like, 80 years old but he says to me did you book online or did you did you call up you need to book online and I'm like okay okay so it's even the services around me are trying to push the online um aspect and so imagine yes you will have a phone phobia because you won't have to pick up the phone I, know. I mean it makes sense though like online bookings it's easier for them they don't have to have staff and things like that but yeah, I do feel like it's a bit of a worry that we're just losing that social interaction I know it says here about getting your teenager to make the bookings themselves to get them prepared for a world where they probably won't be used to calling up on the phone because yeah. they used, they text so much. So that's probably an interesting point for those that have got teens. I'm going to make a point to talk on the phone more. Yes. I'll let you know how I go. <laughs> Our brand feature this week is fashion label Camilla and Mark. Sibling duo Camilla Freeman Topper and Mark Freeman launched their label Camilla and Mark in 2013. Since then, the brand has become one of the most iconic labels in Australia, hanging in the wardrobes of the most stylish celebrities, influencers and editors across the world. In 2018, they celebrated their 15-year anniversary. The brand's philosophy centres around high-end design and construction that allows the wearer to shine through. The brand is renowned for their statement-making simplicity. On their website, they define their purpose as striving to inspire the women to live creatively and richly. So, Alicia, what do you think about Camilla and Mark? Sibling duo. Love a sibling duo. Um, And they are everywhere. We have picked this brand because Jade and I can't get away from this brand. I see the letters C and M everywhere. Yes, it's almost became one of those brands that everyone's got and we almost feel like going the opposite direction because I am so that person if I see a brand that everybody has I won't purchase it I don't have a CNM piece yeah yeah because everybody's wearing it yeah anyway their purpose um is defined by great design that is transforming striving to inspire the women to live creatively and richly when I look at their platforms I definitely see that's was the brief to the designers. Mm. I do think that it does feel quite high-end. Yep. They, and also quite corporate. Like some of their stuff is um, 
some of the wear can be quite, it's not just athleisure wear. There's some corporate pieces as well. Yeah, it says with timeless tailored silhouettes. Yes. Um, femininity mixed with masculine tailoring. So right, that's right. Definitely the what they're aimed to do. Yes. So that to me though doesn't give me much as to how they're going to help us. So striving to inspire the women to live creatively and richly. What do you think? Yeah, I have literally put in my comments in capital letters, why and how are they so popular? Because now they've launched CNM Kids. Sure. And I'm thinking, how have they gotten there? And the only thing I can really think of is how they've taken this probably athleisure wear type movement. People are going towards more casual clothing and they've made this high-end casual market almost. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it's still attainable. It's Uh, not high-end like a Louis Vuitton. Yes. But it's attainable as in, you know, a certain percentage of the – high percentage of the population can afford it, but it's still quite an affluent brand to wear. 100%. Yeah. So they've done well in that they were already known for – they were already known for – their brand as such, but it wasn't athleisure wear. No. It was corporate Mm. and quite high-end fashion. But then creating T-shirts with that logo on it has almost made the brand be where everyone's walking billboards of their brand. Yeah, yeah. And you're right, it's made it attainable because Mm. the shirts are attainable. Yeah. A Pop Sugar article with Camilla was interesting. They asked her, what do you think has been the key success and longevity for the brand? She said, we absolutely love what we do and that a passion that passion drives us every day. We've always had a strong sense of purpose, understanding that what we do is more than simply producing a garment. We're enriching women's lives and how we do that has always been a driving force for us. So you can see that they're very clear on what their purpose is and that is enriching people's lives. Yes. Do you feel that that is more of a statement than an actionable thing? Yeah, to be honest, I think they've got themselves into a bit of a corner with this because I actually think this is quite a difficult purpose. Mm. How how are you actually doing that other than just selling your product? Totally. Yeah. Like how do you add more value than what you've got, what you're giving them and they have to purchase from you? Mm. So uh, I find it interesting that they earlier this year um, came out and had a product that was supporting ovarian cancer because their mother actually passed away when they were 11 and 13, I think, of ovarian cancer. And they released two T-shirts that have the – that are – art t-shirts and the power of solidarity t-shirt. So they talk about in an article for, with the Finn review, they talk about the, what their mother taught them to be community minded and to stand up for what they believe in. That moral framework is the reason they are speaking out today. So they have other actionable drives behind the brand. And it's fantastic to see them supporting uh, this cause 
but whether or not their overall purpose leads them to be able to follow this through and keep it as part of their overall brand, mm. um, I don't think so. And to be honest, I don't know if that is the right the right fit anyway for this type. Like it's great what they're doing with the releases. But what do you think their purpose could be, Jade? What Have you had a think of that? Like what could they say or what could they do that that could further this purpose and make it gr- and grow their almost their marketing um in adding value to their customer yeah look i to be honest i think they can do it almost easily in terms of um enriching women's lives they're doing that by obviously selling their product that's what they're trying to do pick anything else and help women enrich their lives in any other way as True. well and offer that as as additional value mm. does that make sense mm. so mm. Other than selling your product, how else are you helping enrich women's lives? Mm. Other than just wearing your shirt, yeah. I, f- I feel like there's so many what different ways you can do that, and it's almost kind of easy if that makes sense. If, yeah, helping if, women find the balance. Yeah, um, you know, there's just so many things that they could do. Educating women on their finances. Yeah, and there's we, there's we spoke so about that today. exactly, and there's so many um, ways they can do that in even just their content and things like that. Mm rather than um, just selling their product. So I think it's I think it's a great purpose in that there's so many things they could do sure. and what are they going to do? Right. Yeah. And at the moment they're feeling that what they're doing is enough just by being an affluent brand. Uh, hey, but I'm sure it's making them money. So I don't think they're doing anything wrong. No. That's for sure. No. But in terms of helping that purpose expand and making their content meaningful areas. so it's not just mm. like you know you're about to do another year we're just we're in january of 2021 are you going to do the same content you just did for 2020 and 2021 no mm. let's leverage your purpose make it make it sing and make people go ah yes you do enrich our lives not just by what i pay spend with you but by actually educating me on this or connecting yeah. me with this person or whatever it be because i do feel like um People are wearing this brand for what it represents or how they look when they're wearing it. They're not – I don't think people are wearing this brand for the emotional connection they have with the brand. Does that make sense? Uh, I would disagree because depending on what you knew of Camilla and Mark before you bought it, sure, there might be – I do think there are people that would wear it because they – have seen something that might be $350 but can't buy it, but they can buy that $70 T-shirt. Yep, okay. So the emotional connection being, I've got a bit of it. Like I, Yeah, well, that's what I'm I mean. Motive. People are wearing it because it's showing that they can afford a $70 T-shirt. Yes. They're not necessarily have, have an emotional connection with the brand that I'm so proud to be wearing this brand yes. because they do X, Y, Z. No, 100%. They're, they're wearing that because I can tell you that I can spend $70 on a t-shirt. True. Even though I think they might be a bit more than $70, are they? Are they? I was thinking they might be less. <laughs> they also just um, redid their website. Um, and I thought it was interesting because the article was talking about all these features, but the features I'm like, I'm pretty sure those features are quite standard for a normal e-commerce website. But they did have a, a new buy appointment feature, which allows shoppers to connect one-on-one with a retail consultant, which I thought was interesting. And that consultant can offer styling advice and things like that to them. So I think that is probably something that is adding value to the customers in terms of, and it's related to their brand purpose. So enriching their lives by providing styling advice, I think. Not everyone can access that. Is that for free though? I feel like this is another revenue stream. Should I find that out? We are doing a live Google. Okay, it looks like it might be free. 
So that's good. We just need to, I think since we had to search for this, maybe it just needs to be a little bit more promoted. Mm. Yep. And also the value behind these, these sessions and how it can help, like, yeah. com, you know, with confidence and things like that, where people look at their wardrobe and think, I have no idea how to put this together. Oh my gosh, that is me on a daily basis. Yes. So I think there's a huge amount of work to be done in, in pushing this service, but whether or not they want to or not, um, but that definitely could be connected with their purpose. Yeah, for sure. Does anyone else find the Apple Podcast app extremely annoying to use? Well, I do. I've downloaded the podcast app. There's a free version and I love it. I love that I can easily have a listen later playlist. There's a paid version available as well with no visual ads. Co-working spaces are fantastic to have a day out of the office or away from your home office to get creative. Just search a local co-working space, inquire about the day rates and book it in. They also have lots of services that could come in handy for presentations, workshops, or just to get your team into a new place for the day. Change up that vibe. That covers it for this week. Make sure you leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at Marketing That Matters Pod. We love a chat. Thanks for listening to the Marketing That Matters podcast. Podcast.